Hi, welcome to the Founders for Good Bite Size Edition, where every week we'll be sharing a short clip of a founder chatting about a particular problem that exists in the world and how we go about solving that problem. This week, we have Kiati Sundaram, CEO of Applied. After experiencing discrimination and bias in her own job search, Kiati made it her mission to help companies remove bias from their hiring processes. In this episode, Kiati talks about bias and how it creeps into hiring, the benefits of debiasing your recruitment, and whether bias is something people can unlearn. I start off by asking Kiati, what is bias and where does it come from? Yeah, so the word bias is really interesting. People denote different meanings from it, but essentially a bias is a shortcut. It's a mental heuristic. So let me give you an example. If, if you're walking on the road and there's a car hurtling towards you at 100 miles per hour, your instinct or your mental shortcut or a bias is to move up move out of its way. Um, and that's exactly right in that context. It makes you do a certain action and it's based on lots of information that your brain has gathered and formed a pattern. And that's the right pattern. When you use similar mental shortcuts in a hiring space, it can lead to catastrophic outcomes, especially for teams and especially for minorities who don't look or sound the part. And we've got enough evidence. There's about 40 years of evidence now that suggests that because we've been using certain tools, it is creating huge negative impact on biases for minority people, such as women, ethnic minorities, um, and people who just don't look and sound the part. So again, I'll give you an example. In the hiring context, if you look at a CV, and that's the status quo, 95% of organizations will screen on a CV or a resume you'll spend six to 10 seconds screening that through. What is kicking in is that bias or the mental shortcut. So have you gone to the right schools? Have you worked at the right organizations? Uh, How long have you worked for? All of these kinds of things or proxies that I call our noise. And that noise means you're not getting an accurate signal of whether this person actually has the ability to do the job in your team and will thrive in your organization. So at Applied, we are looking at that in a more holistic way, trying to broaden that very narrow lens of what talent looks like and understanding what the undercurrent of impact can be. Like how does hiring and tech for good interplay with each other? Yeah, love it. And and, um, you you touched on like some of the different forms of bias that you've like you've seen and, and that exist within the hiring process and, and I've seen things on like LinkedIn for example where it's the same image of a person but with two different names and actually like a fictional person but they apply to the same jobs and have a very different um, uptake in terms of like response rates so it's quite scary actually how very small things can make a big difference due to bias. Um, I was wondering, do you do you see bias more in certain aspects of the hiring process? Like, is it more prevalent in, say, like the, the top of the funnel where it's like applications and CV screening? Or is it actually quite bad actually during the interview processes? and Or is it throughout it's a problem? It's prevalent throughout the process. So we at Applied believe that there is a big problem in how we run current HR processes, i.e. the status quo. Um, Many people talk about pipeline issues. I'm not going to go there because that's a completely separate conversation where they say there's not enough women in tech. But even when we know we've been able to open the top of the funnel, we have been able to get you more women applications in tech, more ethnic minorities applying in tech. We know that the process defeats the whole outcome. 
And that's what we've seen. We've now helped over 300 customers, half a million applications throughout the globe. Time and time again, we're seeing that if you don't have a guardrail process, and that's right from applications, screening, through to interviews, the bias will creep in because it's it's evolutionary, right? It's all in our heads. We're, we are tribal in nature. That's what we are meant to do. And it's very, very hard to train it out of our systems. So we need solutions that work with us instead of working against us. Yeah, and, and I read um, on, I think it was on the Applied website, but 60% of people hired through Applied would have been missed through like traditional hiring processes. So like you just said, though, there's a huge talent pool of people being missed out due to these biases. Um, what, what are some of the other real big benefits of, of companies investing in de-biasing their recruitment? Yeah, so at Applied, you can think of it as a trifecta that I, I always like to talk about, which is the traditional funnel has been talked of, we've talked about this for years and years, is we've optimized for speed. So everybody wants to fill what we call bums on seats, the vacancy needed to be filled up as of yesterday. This is true whether you take a small startup or a corporate job, right? All hiring teams are optimizing for speed. They're all being rewarded on how fast you can fill that seat. And that is all just one parameter. The holistic way to look at it would be what are the other parameters that would be useful in that entire funnel? And there are two other parameters that nobody really talks about, and there is barely any ROI related to that. And those two are, one, the quality of the match. Do we really understand that this person will do well when you're hiring them rather than six months or 12 months later? So what does that quality look like? Are there robust indicators or leading indicators of that quality such that you know this person will thrive in your job? And number two is representation. So when you're hiring, do you know you have the fairest most robust process that will ensure that no particular person or types of persons are discriminated against. And when you take all of those things, I believe that there is no trade-off. And we've been we've able to show that applied the three parameters work together equally beautifully, and you can create a funnel that is free of bias. So you have to look at all those three things. You have to look at representation, you have to look at speed, and you have to look at quality. What happens, as I've already alluded to, is if you just look at speed, all of the other parameters fall. And therefore, nobody is looking at the outcomes of the bias. Nobody is really coming to it from a leading indicator perspective. It is all coming down to once you have the team in place, quite often a year has passed, two years have passed, a team or a task force has been put in place if you're a big organization to understand what's going wrong. But no HR team is currently in the world being rewarded for how robust is your process, how fair is your process, not just based on speed, but on other parameters. So for me, bias is one angle where if you look at the right data metrics and interplay that with all of the metrics you've already been looking at, you start to get a more granular idea of what works. And you can then start peeling away the different types of biases. And that's where it starts. It starts at what data you're collecting and whether you do have access to that data. I think ironically to to your point about speed being prioritized so much, I think in the current processes a lot of time, because it is very speed focused, you'll go into very obvious sources and and types of profiles of people. 
Um, but what you're doing really is shrinking the talent pool that you are getting access to, which means that you're competing with pretty much everyone else for a very small pool of people, which will probably make it slow in the, the long run because everyone's competing for those people. They have a lot of choice. They are very difficult to attract to your business. Whereas actually, if you just take a step back and invest in the things you talked about earlier on, then you're actually likely to have consistently faster hiring processes in the long run. Completely. I mean, if you look at it from a societal perspective, we are no longer homogenous, right? But the needs and the needs of the organizations and the teams have changed completely when you compare it to the 1950s. But a lot of the processes, a lot of the metrics, that time to hire, all of that is still a rendition of that past. It's like a hangover. We haven't been able to move away from it. So we have to take a step back and start evaluating what are the needs of the organization? What does that need look like in 2050? Because we don't even know some of the jobs that would exist in 2050. So how can you screen them on past experiences, on which schools you've been to, and all of these things that we've just got used to? Because that feels like a comfort blanket. And, and that's what the job of Applied is. It is creating that wider education and wider debate in the community about what the problem is. And then, of course, the next step, what the solution looks like. Totally. And, and uh, my last question in this section was going to be about whether um, th- this has to be a technology kind of data um, driven solution or like is part of fixing the problem. Can, can it be fixed through humans? Like, Can it be fixed through better education, training of hiring managers and hiring companies or because of the way bias works and it's so deeply ingrained in a human being that will never really fix the problem. It has to be taken away from the human and, and driven by a tech solution. Well, this is where it's going to sound controversial. I don't think we can train humans and we can train our brains to have a sustainable, long-lasting impact. Like we've had, we've had enough evidence, right? We've, as in the US, let's take that for an example. We spend about eight to ten billion dollars a year on training. This is specific training on bias or unconscious bias, and again, we have evidence over several decades that the best it does is creates awareness, which is a good step, number one. But in the worst cases, what it does is something that scientists call moral licensing, which is as a human, I've gone and sat on a days of training. And at the end of the training, I suddenly think I'm de-biased and I'm free to do what I want because my brain will now work in a different way. That is absolute rubbish. That is not going to happen. You might be aware of it, But in the moment, in those decision-making critical points, you will still slip into your habits. And that's why habit-making is really hard and training your brain to do something else that is not natural or not evolutionary is really hard. So I I don't believe fundamentally that a human sitting in a training room with another human can solve this sustainably, which is where we need solutions in place. Now, the real argument is whether there's a policy solution or a tech solution. And we've collectively, as policymakers in society, thrown a lot of effort at this, and we have not been able to solve it. And my belief is, if we bring a new perspective, which is what does that human intervention look like, assisted with a human-centered technology solution, then we may be able to make advances that we haven't been able to make in the last 40 years. And that's that's my effort, and that's my aim at Applied, that Yes, it is a technology solution. Sometimes you could make awareness-related advances with human intervention, but long-term sustainable solutions need, and scale at scale, solutions need to be, in a way, technological or something more ingrained that would 
guardrail the human against that in the long term. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And, and so on that point, can you explain what applied does? Yes, of course. So the what of applied is it's an end-to-end hiring platform. Uh, and very simply, you could think of it doing two things. It's a construct or it's an infrastructure. Uh, and on the first pillar is it gives you the best data to make an informed decision about what matters in your team, in your organization. So what skills are missing? What skills do you need to hire for? What jobs look like? And whether those certain narrow views of talent are exactly what you need or can you broaden the view of talent? So what does that data look like? What are you testing on? What does the application look like? All of that is a streamlined process that we provide to you. The second, which is a bit more difficult to do, is removing any data from the process that is obstructive to making a robust and fair decision. And this is kinds of data that I alluded to before. So things that sit on your CV in bold, basically names of school or how long you've worked at uh, in a company before. Uh, so we distinguish from years of experience from expertise, for example, because you, you could have attained that expertise in two years by working very differently compared to working five years in a different company. Uh, and all of these kinds of things that by research or academic research have been proven that they are not predictive of talent. We try and remove all of that from the process. Uh, so in terms of how it sits as a tech stack, it will sit as your regular applicant tracking system. So an HR manager can go in, put a vacancy. They can check that the application is written in a fair manner. So we do some text coding and analysis to ensure that it is opening up the funnel at the top to as many people and not deterring several sections of population because we know there are certain kinds of words in an, in a job application that you would use, such as ninja or rockstar, that would mean a lot of the population doesn't identify with your job description. So that's the very first part, the nuts and bolts of it. The second part would be how do you run your screening process? Is it just CV based or is it more holistic? Can you look at skills? Can you look at attitudes? Can you look at screening for qualities that would be more prevalent or more realistic for that job? And then the third part is, of course, we also enable you to run interviews, which is where it gets really complex because, again, that is the human-to-human interaction where biases will creep in whatever we say, and it's a job to mitigate it to the extent possible. So that's, that's the nuts and bolts of the product.